Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast, Episode 6. Episode 1, for those of you listening on iTunes, that's going to get complex very quickly. But yes, we are now finally big leagues. We are on iTunes. This is Tom. I am editor-in-chief of the Inside Zone. Joining me today is Nick. Hi. Hello. I'm the NFC staff writer. Um, write about anything interesting in the NFC. And perfect. Hi. Uh, I'm a contributing staff writer. Pretty much just write about anything in the NFL or college that I deem necessary. And that was not at all staged, so I put them all on the spot. But you can actually join in with us. You can check the site out at theinsidezone.com or you can go follow us on Twitter at theinsidezoneuk where we would very much appreciate it if you tweet at us and join in the conversation, what we talk about. We've got a few topics to discuss today, so if you want to voice your opinions, maybe we can discuss them next time on air, be sure to do that. So like I said, uh, I'm Tom. I'm the editor-in-chief over the Inside Zone. Uh, we've got a few topics here that we're going to cover today, and we've also got an exclusive bonus interview. Yes, we've pulled out all the stops for episode one. We've got an exclusive interview with five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and 1990s All-Decade, Mr. Jacksonville Jaguars himself, left tackle Tony Baselli, coming up later in the show. Right, I think it's, uh, that's enough of that. I think it's time to talk some football. Right, so the first topic we're going to talk about today, uh, I've titled it Pretender or Contender. So each of us will have 30 seconds to defend the team that we're going to say. You've got to say whether they are a pretender or a contender for the playoffs, and the rest of us have got 30 seconds to counter it. Now, I had originally listed the Buffalo Bills on here, but I think we've all agreed that we're going to axe them. Is that is that correct? Axing the Bills? Yes. Axe yes. the Bills like they're going to axe Rex. Right. So they need to. <laughs> first up, this could get this could get emotional. Tempers could flare. But Nick, you have 30 seconds to defend the Miami Dolphins. Or to slag them off, whatever you feel necessary. Miami Dolphins, pretender gonna, or contender? I'm going to throw them under the bus. They are a, a pretender. I'd have been kind of on the fence before Tannehill's injury. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, the offense and the defense are just too inconsistent. Jay Ajayi, who's been their star running back, managed 48 yards and 20 carries yesterday. If that's a sign of things to come, no. I mean, there are good, good enough players on the defense, and of course they'd have to be if they're going to get this far. But I just... I don't believe in them. I don't believe that they're not going to flake. I don't believe in their depth. And yeah. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, so I'm going to counter that. I think I'm going to play Devils Africa. I'm going to say they are a contender. I know the, the O-line, when it was there together, and they're finally getting health on the O-line, they're going to get Mike Pouncey back. And Matt Moore is a very good backup QB. He is above average backup QB. The defense lives and dies by the D-line, but that's fine. And Dominican Sue, Cam Wake is one of the best edge rushers in the league. Andre Branch is coming on. Perfect. Um, I'm thinking they're pretenders. Um, they haven't beat they beat one team that's over 500 this year. That doesn't tell me you're a team that can go into the playoffs and make any type of noise. They're just pretenders. Right, Miami Dolphins pretenders. Next, perfect. You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go. Uh, well, I'm going to say this first off. Any team with Big Ben Roethlisberger on it is a contender. 
Um, this guy, he's been in the playoffs almost every year he's been in the league. The Steelers are right in the hunt in their division. They're a contending team at all times because that offense has the ability between him, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown at any time to just click to a point that you can't stop them. They're a big contender. They just have to kind of be a little bit more consistent down the stretch to make sure they get into the playoffs. Nick? I I'm, I'm agree with all that except for the fact that I think they're a pretender because I just don't see – that their defense can do enough if Leo has one faltering moment. Um, huh? I don't really see quality in, anywhere near enough quality in that defensive roster. I mean, James Harrison is still their best pass rusher. Uh, I, I think ten or eleven wins gets done in the AFC. The Steelers are eight and five, and they've got at Bengals versus Ravens versus Browns. And I think we can chalk two of those up as a win already. So I'm going to say that the Steelers with Big Ben, and let's not forget Le'Veon Bell is just fifty yards away from tying Ezekiel Elliott in yards from scrimmage this season. Bell missed the first three games. I think the Steelers are definitely a contender. Right, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens are a difficult one. They're 7-5 and five at Pats versus Eagles at Steelers at Bengals. Now they need three, potentially two of those wins there. But to me, I think, I think the Baltimore Ravens are, are a contender. I think they'll probably sneak into the wild card based on a head-to-head with Miami. I think they've got a legit top five defense that's able to shut down the run and they've got enough playmakers in the secondary to turn the ball over. Uh, the, the offense is so-so, but I'm, I think Joe Flacco is, does just enough there, even without any run game, to keep this team as a contender. What do you guys think? I like them as a contender as well. I think, um, although they have had lapses during the season, they turn it on when it matters. They're terrifying in the trenches. Um, they've got a vastly underrated receiver core. I mean, I'm never going to count out any team with Steve Smith, let's be honest. They, they're turning games into grind fests. They're bringing teams down to their level. Yeah, contender. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm kind of going to say what Nick said about Pittsburgh not having a defense. With Baltimore, it's, it's the exact opposite. Their defense is their strength. They want to keep you in a close game. And I've watched games where that defense has, like, by itself won a game for Baltimore by keeping it close, making turnovers, putting the offense in easier situations when Flacco is bound to mess up at some point because he is who he is. But that team, that defensive team, that's how you win championships in the NFL. And if they get into the playoffs, it's a dangerous team to play. You don't want to play them in the playoffs. You don't want to go to Baltimore. You don't want to have them even come into your house with that mentality and changing what you're going to do because that defense is going to come and get after you. That defense just really makes me think they're a really good team. Nick, Broncos. Um, I'm leaning towards Pretender with the Broncos, and I sort of thought this before they lost the Titans last week, because there's, well, last night, sorry, because there's two ways that they're weaker than last year. Um, they can't stop the run anywhere near as well as they were doing this year, and they can't run the ball. Um, the O-line's far too weak. It's putting Simeon, who I think is okay enough to get the team under far too much pressure. Um, I just feel like last year they were able to mask, well, last year I suppose they didn't really have deficiencies on defense and it just looks like they've taken that little step back and it's starting to become apparent now I, i'm going to agree with everything you said there I, even though they're eight and five i think the broncos are a pretender they've got no run game which is, does not suit a gary kubiak style offense i think the o-line is deficient and it undermines everything they try to do on offense it means trevor Simeon is constantly running around in the backfield which means he can't get his big playmakers open down the field uh and the run game the run d is i, I don't know where it's gone from last year maybe it went with Maybe it went to Jacksonville with Malik Jackson for agency. What about you, Perfect? 
Um, I'm also agreeing that they're a pretender. What I really like is that um, the Denver Broncos kind of prove why the NFL needs 17 weeks to play 16 games. Earlier in the season, I remember making um, picks of games, and I said, you don't pick against the Broncos. And it was based on the fact that their defense was still playing at a high level, and the offense was clicking good enough to win games. And you see that now that we're later in the season, those things aren't happening. The run game, they can't stop a cold. Anybody can run against them. This isn't the team that made it to the Super Bowl last year. This is nothing that looks like them, and they're just not that good of a team. And they're they're in the best division in football right now, so yeah, you they're just not going to be they're not the team that we want them to be that I want them to be anyways. Staying with you now, perfect. We're going to stay in the AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs. The exact opposite of the Broncos, <laughs> uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They're a contender. Um, it really it reminds me of kind of like a deja vu of last year where they want I think it was an eleven game winning streak or something to finish the regular season. I mean, it's not to that magnitude this year, but this team is hot now. Like they're a team you don't want to play. They just beat Oakland to kind of un- to dethrone them, if you want to say that. It's like the best team in the division, right? and even the best team in the AFC. This is a really good team right now, and they're playing that way. And you can't do anything but respect the fact that they're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. I tweeted out earlier this week, and the Kansas City Chiefs have regressed on offense, but that does not matter for this team. They're opportunistic on defense, they've got playmakers causing turnovers, and every week they seem to win the turnover battle, and it wins them the game. And every week with Tyreek Hill, they're just going to win the special teams matchup, whether it's a long punt return, whether it goes for a touchdown, or just gives them great field position, or a kick return. I just think this, this Chiefs team seems like a complete team at the minute. It doesn't matter if Alex Smith is playing well at quarterback, or if Spencer Ware is even running at running back. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I guess so. I don't enjoy watching the Chiefs as much as I probably should, um, but it's a team without any obvious weakness. Um, they've got the personnel, they've got the coaching to frustrate anyone else's offence. They've got enough weapons to keep any defence guessing. Um, yeah, Tyreek Hill, the less said about him off the field, the better. But, um, you know, two great running backs, probably the best healthy tight end in the league at the moment. In the defensive side, you've got Justin Houston coming back, Eric Berry, Marcus Peters, Sorry, Poe. Uh. I think it's a resounding <laughs> contender. Uh, we'll stay in the AFC West, and I'm going to say that the Oakland Raiders, despite losing to the Chiefs, are still a contender. Uh, Derek Carr is one of the best emerging young quarterbacks. Cooper and Crabtree are a, dy- a dynamic duo at wide receiver. The O-line is second only to the Dallas Cowboys in my eyes, and it means that Latavius Murray can be a manageable running back where he gets loads of push up front. Uh, the D was suspect at the start of the year, but it's improving every week, and it's, I mean, it's a talented enough unit. I mean, they've got Khalil Mack, Bruce Irvin, then they've got Smith, Amerson, Riley, Joseph. I mean, it's a team that's, that's basically almost loaded on defense, and once they start getting it together you know, and turning it on, it means that Derek Carr can start running up the board. Uh, contender for me, perfect. Um, contender for me, um, great thing about the Oakland Raiders, like you said, it's a lot of they have a lot of young players who coming into this season, people had Oakland Raiders, Jacksonville Jaguars, um, even Tennessee Titans as teams that are kind of on the cusp. Like, okay, this might be the year, maybe next year they'll put it all together. Well, Oakland says, screw that, we're gonna do it now, and they're proving it with the team that they have. Like these players are playing. This is very similar roster to what they had last year, except these players are playing to that potential that you saw in them. 
and they're clicking. And the quarterback, of course, he's the main focus point to it. If he's clicking, the rest of them kind of follow. I really like this team. This is one of my favorites in the AFC. Nick? Yeah, contender. Um, I, I won't say much. You guys have basically covered everything that I was going to say right down to picking the defensive players out that I was going to pick out. What I will say is, look how much t- better this team looks with a healthy Latavius Murray. They were earlier in the season when he was out and they were playing Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington at running back. They were just like, oh, hum. But Latavius Murray's come back and he looks dynamic. I like Murray. I know you just ragged on him a minute ago, but I think he's a quality player to have behind that line. Uh, the AFC South, the less said, the better. So I think we'll just pick our winners. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick a contender from the AFC South. No way. What? Yeah. What? Here we go. The Tennessee Titans are a contender because they have a balanced team. They lack a little bit for wide receivers out of Rich, outside of Richard Matthews, but they've got Delaney Walker, who is a fantastically reliable player. Okay, their quarterback wasn't amazing against Denver, but no one is. I think Mariota's fantastic. I think he's a genuine dual threat, even if he's not running this year. There's a solid and improving defense there. You've got some scary pass rushers like Jarrell Casey, Brian Arapo, Derek Morgan, all of whom are playing pretty well. You've got a fantastic O-line. I think the Titans can push it together. I think they can win that win that division. I think they can surprise people in the playoffs. I disagree 100% <laughs> because the Texans will win the division – and they have the best recipe I've ever seen for how to win a division. The Texans have not lost to anyone in the AFC South. They will not lose to anyone in the AFC South. And then they will win, I think, three to four games outside of the division and make playoffs at nine and seven. I think that the Texans have too much talent. I don't think they play well as a team, but they have the talent to beat these lesser teams in the AFC South. And I think the Titans are a lesser team. And the Texans are going to win. They're going to win the AFC South and lose in the first round. But, you know, a win is a win. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you perfect and agree with everything that Nick said. I think it's a, it's a balanced team. They've got this <laughs> exotic smash-mouth run-style, run-heavy style offense. I think, for me, it's got to be the Titans. So that's been the AFC. Uh, let's go around and pick the division winners. AFC East, has anyone not got the Patriots? Yeah, I think Silence. that's... Silence. Crickets. <laughs> right, AFC North will go me, then Nick, then Perfect. Steelers. Ravens. Steelers. AFC West. Chiefs. 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 Oh, it's a clean sweep. AFC South. I think we just gave spoilers there, but Titans or Titoons. Hell yeah, the Titans. Texans. <laughs> right, the two wild cards. I've got the Oakland Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. Nick? Raiders and Steelers. Raiders and Ravens. Ooh. I think we all got the same teams, yeah, though, same except for the, the, the Texans Titans. <laughs> That's the only one we don't have the same teams, at least. Right, we'll move on to NFC, and we will stick to this 30-second rule. <laughs> I will go first with the New York Giants. Right, for me, the Giants, I know you could look at it saying, oh, you know, they're pretenders because they've gone on this amazing streak where they've played rubbish teams, but they beat the Dallas Cowboys last night, the best team in football. They're 9-4, and four. they only need two more wins, and they're playing the Lions, Eagles, Redskins to get them into the playoffs. 
They're well built on D, and although many people, even including myself, said you can't build a championship or even a decent defense through free agency, they've somehow managed to do it. They've got a great wide receiver trio. Sterling Shepard's one of the best young re slot receivers in the, in the NFL, and compliments Odell Beckham. Uh, their edge rushes are great, and their secondary is pretty much loaded. And they've got an experienced QB who, although, yes, he's turnover happy, but come on, I mean, Eli Manning gets the job done in big games. It's one of the most frustrating things about him. Nick? Uh, they're a pretender, but only just. I agree with everything you said about the defense, even how unusual it is that free agency actually worked. What I don't agree is you saying that they've got three wide receivers. I think they've got Odell Beckham, who also counts as basically their only player you can count on on offense. And that's Odell Beckham. Count on. Come on. Sterling Shepard, I think, looks like a rookie. He's having some ups, having some downs. And Victor Cruz is in terminal decline now. And, yeah, I like the defense. I don't think they've got enough on O. Perfect. Um, I'm going to say they're contenders. Um, I know you could say that they this eight, they have an eight-game win streak. I don't care who they play for eight weeks. Unless they played the Browns eight weeks in a row, that's eight wins. That's not easy to do in the NFL. It's not easy to have that many wins and beat one of the best teams in your own division twice. They're, I think they'll, be, they'll get into a wild-card spot, but I think that's what they want. The last two times they won the Super Bowl, they're wildcard teams. Nick kind of looks like they're running for that. Nick Washington Redskins. I I want to say contender actually, just because of the sheer amount of talent on this roster. I mean, I love their receiving core and I'm including the tight ends and that. Um, they've got fantastic O line with Trent Williams coming back from his suspension. Um, got a surprise. I mean, finding Je um, diamonds in the rough like Rob Kelly at running back, who's unflashy but is getting it done. <laughs> And on defense, there's, there's quality, quality at all levels. I mean, they make things a bit too hard for themselves, and they don't defend the run. They should have been away and gone against Philly, but I don't know. I, I just, I just think they'll do it. I can't really explain well enough why. Perfect. I got them down as a pretender, and I, I changed my mind about this because I think that they're a good team. Every time I watch them, they play. They don't play any large games when it comes to. Wins or losses, the deficit isn't a large amount. So they play tight every week, and they look good to me, but you're behind the Giants and the Cowboys. And when it comes down to it, I don't think they can beat either one of those teams. Mm. That's why they're a pretender. Uh, I think they're a contender, but I don't think they're in the playoffs for this simple reason. They're 7-5-1. and one. And although I think they'll beat the Panthers and at Bears, they'll lose the Giants, put them at 9-6-1. If they didn't have that draw and be at 10-6, I think they'll be up there. So for me, I think, although I want to say they're a contender, they've got to be a pretender. Right, perfect. Detroit Lions. Contender. Um, they're playing good late, which is what you really want to do in the NFL. The beginning of the season, as I've said many times, really doesn't matter unless it helps you get those few wins that you couldn't get at the end. The Detroit Lions are on a five-game win streak. They won the entire month of November, and now they're trying to keep it going in December. Um, they have to play NFC East to finish out the season. They have the Giants, Cowboys, Green Bay. They need to win at least two of those games. I think they can beat the Giants and Green Bay, and that, that puts them right into the division lead and maybe even a front runner for a Super Bowl run. We've got the same... We've got the same outcome but a different formula. I think at nine and four, 
two ahead of the Packers. They only have to win one game, in my opinion, and I think they're going to win that last game against Green Bay after losing to the Giants and Cowboys. I think this. I think Matt Stafford is probably in the MVP conversation this year. I mean, this team just seems to always be coming back and hanging around and winning the games late. For me, they've got to be a contender. What about you, Nick? Five words. Jim Bob Cooter for president. Hell yeah, the Lions are a contender. Uh, Matt Stafford's <laughs> playing fantastically. They've got three very reliable receivers. They can pick the easiest matchup time and time again. Eric Ebron's finally starting to play well. The O-line is good. You wonder how good this team are. They've been in tight, relatively low-scoring games, despite the fact that Ziggy Ansah, their star last year, is without a sack. There we go. Nick, stay with you, and we'll stay in the NFC North Green Bay Packers. Uh, I've, re- I've started this incredibly unprofessionally with Pretender, but mostly because I dislike them. <laughs> I feel like Green Bay getting into January we're just like farting their way into January they've, they've looked so turgid so often this season and yeah they were fantastic against the Seahawks last year but there, there's injuries you know Aaron Rodgers looking a bit hobbly maybe is that wishful thinking um, I don't I don't like I think second we had a great game it's been terrible all year um, okay you, they, they're good in the trenches but you don't believe in them the same way you believe in say Baltimore, another team in the trenches, despite the fact that they've got a better quarterback. I just feel like this is just flaky. And they don't, they can't, I mean, they can't run the ball, but they try, kind of, like, oh. Do I have to talk about the Packers anymore? For me, for me, <laughs> for me, they're too streaky. There's no run game there. The defense is suspect and turns up week to week. I, I think for me, they're, and at seven and six, I think they've, they've got to be a pretender. Perfect. I'm going to go and differ with you guys. I, I actually agree with the points that you're making about them being very streaky. The only problem I see is that they're playing well enough, and I think that if they keep playing well and the Vikings are playing just as streaky, in my opinion right now, I think if it works out for them, if they slide into the playoffs, they're dangerous, as always, because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And for that, I make them a contender because I think that they will sneak into the playoffs. We didn't actually include this in the agenda that was sent round, the very professional agenda I sent round at 9am this morning. But just one word answer here. Minnesota Vikings. Perfect. Contender. Nick? I refuse to give a one word answer and I'm going to say they only just squeaked <laughs> past the Jaguars last night. So, yeah, For that. me, they're a pretender as well. So thank God we had two pretenders of us. I could have been mortified there. Right, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> and... I know the Cowboys lost last night, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the hottest teams in NFL right now, aren't they? I mean, Jameis Winston is emerging as the num- number one overall pick that you thought they were getting. Mike Evans, uh, just go check out Nick's article that went up yesterday if you want to hear about Mike Evans, how good he is. They're on a five-game win streak, and here's their win streak, right? Versus Bears at Chiefs versus Seahawks at Chargers versus Saints. They've got their D is is coming along tremendously. Gerald McCoy inside, then Robert Ayers and Noah Spence on the edge. They've got, I mean, Brent Grimes are doing well in the secondary. What's happening there? Here's the key stat for me. Last two home games, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, zero touchdowns. I think the, the Bucks have got to be a contender. Nick? I've written pretender, but how about that defence? Um, the, the amazing thing about the defence is there isn't really one aspect to it that stands out, but it's all over. The front four get... Pen- well, the front four, the but free, aren't they? And they get penetration, the linebackers are beasts against a run, against a passing coverage, the secondary get better every week. I don't believe in their quarterback. Simple as that. I don't believe it. I mean, he was 
terrible yesterday against the Saints, and the Saints have not got a good defence. You say, yeah, he held Drew Brees no, t- no touchdowns. Drew Brees was, has been very, very, very rubbish the past two weeks. I mean, scarily so, sort of, the, oh my God, he's in terminal decline kind of bad. He's been throwing picks all over the shop. And yeah. I think Tampa Bay kind of cashed in rather than forcing it. Perfect. Um, I'm going to say pretenders. I think the entire NFC South are pretenders. Those four teams upset me so much because there's so much talent and they never consistently put together a season. Atlanta should have ran away with the division and yet we're looking here now, Tampa Bay might be able to win this division by having a late run. And they're playing well, but it's nothing that I haven't seen before from teams in this division playing good for a small amount of time, and then they'll fall off when they need to win. I don't trust them. I do not trust the Tampa Bay Bucks. Right. Perfect. I'm going to time you here. You've got 30 seconds. Any more than that about criticizing the Falcons, I'm going to cut you off. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I'm going to keep it short. I, like, I try not to write too much stuff about this. They're pretenders. Like I just said, the whole NFC South is pretenders, but – Falcons, I think they're going to make playoffs this year because their division is that that wide open for them right now. Like I think um, with I think with Carolina not playing great early, it gave them too much of a cushion. And of course, they lost that cushion. As I said, they would, and now it's a close race in their division. But I think they'll sneak in because they I think they play the Saints and and one more easy game. Saints, I think Saints, Forty Panthers. Yeah, Saints and 49ers, that's two wins. That's all they need to lock it up and get in there for sure. So I think they'll go in, but they're going to be the Saints. They're going to they're gonna be the Falcons, even if they make it to the play, to the playoffs. They're going to lose in the first round. It's going to be another season where they right. just I, they have gen- all this I was, potential. I was generous there. Nick? <laughs> ah, sorry. Um, contender, not just to um, annoy perfect. I believe, I still believe in Matt Ryan. I still like the run game. I still believe that Vic Beasley's going to get a strip sack first game in the playoffs, <laughs> last play of the game, so steal it up, whoever, whoever they end up playing, I believe. This team this team is too stacked on offense to be a contender for me. I mean, the amount of playmakers that Matty Ice has to, has to, has to deal with in college and has to try and game plan and scheme for. I mean, and they're finally starting to generate a pass rush. Pass rush is the one thing that they was just hiding all of last year with the emergence of Vic Beasley. For me, they've got they've got to be a contender, right? We'll quickly go for the standings. We'll go me, Nick, and Perfect again. NFC East Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys have sealed it already, haven't they? Uh, yeah. Cowboys, yeah. yeah. So we'll just quickly brush over that. Uh, NFC North Lions. 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 Ooh. <laughs> NFC West, Seahawks. Seahawks. Oh, come on, guys. Seahawks. Killing me. Where's the where's the <laughs> uh, Leave me hanging. Right. Falcons. Falcons. Oh, no. Falcons. Oh, my God. It's a clean sweep. <laughs> Goodness me. This could be embarrassing. It's wild, so controversial. Wild card. Giants and Bucks. Giants and Washington. Ooh. Giants and Packers. Oh, I like it. We all changed one team there. Very creative, guys. Well done. Okay, right. So let's move on to the next topic. We are going to be discussing the MVP. Gentlemen, you have one minute to make your case, and I'm going to nominate Nick to go first. Well, I, you, you said I had four minutes. I've, I've given a huge <laughs> of why everyone isn't the MVP. It was four um, minutes total. Oh, 
fine. My pick is David Johnson of the Cardinals. He is, depending on your opinion of Le'Veon Bell, either the best or second best running back in the league. He is also a top 24 wide receiver. He can run in any direction. He's a between-the-tackle bumper. He's a chicky guy. He's got speed to burn outside. Where he has a massive advantage over not just Bell, but everyone else in this discussion is, he is the Arizona Cardinals offense. Oh, sure, they've got great production out of Fitzgerald this year, but it's Johnson who's got over 1,800 scrimmage yards and 15 TDs. Every single game this year, he has over 100 scrimmage yards. That's a huge difference, and it opens up so much to the team. Um, we see teams with bad running backs and what they can't do. Without an elite running back, this Arizona offense does absolutely nothing. I mean, the defense is good, but they're only winning three or four games total. I mean, I fancy David Johnson to take seconds. Arizona to 7-8-1, which will mean the record's, the record's probably too low to be in consideration. But as far as a star player who is incredibly valuable to his team goes, David Johnson is the most, and he's my MVP. Right. Me and Perfect will counter this. I'm going to go first. Um, why are you giving the MVP to a guy who's 5-7-1? and one? I know it's most out of play, but isn't it normally that we you normally give it to someone who's like so good that they've carried the team, and it's normally to a team that's going to go to the playoffs and go beyond? Is it is that not normally how how this thing happens? Do you not think? I just yeah, there was there were not there's no candidates like that though. I mean, every all of these top um, playoff teams who've got someone who's been a, a fairly star player. I mean, they look eminently replaceable. I mean, I've, you look at someone like Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady oh, really, but. Let's save, let's save that for someone who might have picked Tom Brady. Perfect. Have you got anything to counter the, Dave, the David Johnson argument? Well, with? let me just counter the David Johnson with what you said in your statement. You said he's arguably one of the best running backs unless you think someone like Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. yeah. I think Le'Veon Bell is a better MVP candidate because of what he's doing for his team. And he was suspended for four games. And he's still one of the leading um, yards from scrimmage backs in the league right now. And you're trying to give it out to David Johnson playing for the Arizona Cardinals out there doing a whole bunch of nothing. You're trying to pull the wool over eyes. Come on. Matt, no, no. But Bell isn't even the MVP of the Steelers' offense. That's uh, Antonio Brown every year um, without fail. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay, right. I'll go next. I'll give myself a minute. Guys, start formulating your responses to criticize and just throw under the bus. But here we go. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Right, I understand the O-line run game narrative, but guys, let's be honest now. This is a rookie. Look around the league what rookies are doing. Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch, Jared Goff, even Blake Bortles in his third year can't even read defenses or react or throw the balls that Dak Prescott is doing out here. He's, he's unbelievable at throwing on the run, and I mean, he was doing it even without Des Bryant. He's hitting receivers open and leading the team. Look at the Baltimore game, the Washington game, the Vikings game. This is not a team that's just riding off Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott is putting the team on his back late in games. He's growing each and every week, and for me, they're the best team in football, and he is the guy who's calling all the shots. It has to be Dak Prescott. Perfect. I'm not going to disagree with you. I think he's a great candidate. I, he wouldn't be my number one pick, but I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. He's been a great like game manager, oh, but I think he's, he's managing. I think he, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I don't mean it as a disrespectful way. I mean, he's been a game manager at the highest level you can do it. He's not asked to put the team on his back, but he is asked to control that offense and control how they win, and he's doing a good job. There's a lot of quarterbacks that you would put in that situation that they would try to, you know, maybe take on too much responsibility or do too much that's outside of their skill set, 
And for him to do that at such a young age, he shows how valuable he is to them. Because honestly, he plays better in that offense than Tony Romo does. And mm-hmm. I think Tony Romo's a better quarterback. But he's a more valuable player. Nick? You've both made really compelling cases about why Dak Prescott should be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, what you haven't done is <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of got to grips with what an MVP is. I mean, I'm, I could go either way with whether the more important player in the Cowboys is Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott, or even for that matter, the O-line. I think he's been very good, but I don't fancy any top 10 quarterback to do at least as, as well as that. He's a rookie. I mean, yeah, so give him the Rookie of the Year award. Brilliant. Perfect. We've solved it. <laughs> ah, okay, Nick. Right, I, I I should be doing like the Skip Bayless, you know those undisputed. You know where they like, have those promos during the games, like over oh, my dead body. I should be doing those, but no. We'll move on. <laughs> Perfect. Who have you got? And from your speech, sounds like you got Dan Prescott, I, I presume. Originally, he was one of my top three, but I'll, I'm going to go with what we all know is going to be the true MVP of the season. It's going to be Tom Brady. Now. No one likes to pick Tom Brady as the MVP because it's boring because he's so good so often, so consistency. Consistently, sorry. But the guy has 68.9 completion rating. He's number three in the league right now, and he's only played eight games. His team is 7-1. and one. Anybody that watched the Patriots those four weeks was like, well, man, they're playing pretty good with Garoppolos and then Brissett. And then when he came in, it was a whole new show. Like, he is the most valuable player on that team, and it's a Super Bowl contending team. And it's because he's on that team, they're a Super Bowl contending team. You take seconds. him off that team, you take him off the team, and the Patriots are good. Tom Brady is what makes them great. I'm going to counter that and say without Tom Brady and without Gronkowski, this team went 3-1. and one. <laughs> I'm just going to, that's, that's, my, that's my argument. Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that, that's sort of it's 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 a bit unfair on on Tom Brady that the reason he isn't the MVP is because he has an incredibly good backup. But that here we are. Um, you, I mean, I think the real, I mean, the MVP of the Pats is unfortunately every year is Bill Belichick. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he's, do you remember, remember when he's got a Matt Castle quarterbacked Pats team to a ten six record. I think Garoppolo gets a team to eleven five at least. I think gets some. De- the playoffs. I think Garoppolo showed enough that, you know, may- maybe he'd decline later in the season when people um, start to scheme for him in the same way that the Giants did for that Prescott last night, which is why Prescott's going to fall. Um, <laughs> but I just, yeah, I mean, I, I just I just don't think he's almost like he's in the first ever. I don't think he's that valuable to the Pats because of the way the Pats operate. I just, yeah, they, they wouldn't be considerably worse, even without this all-time you know, maybe the best quarterback to have ever played the game. Even without him, they're, they're still a Super Bowl contending team to me. Maybe maybe this conversation should go the way of if you took someone out of the team, they would definitely not be where they are right now. That could be... And I'll throw that's out... That's what MVP should be. Well, that's what Dak Prescott is. I mean, you put Tony Romo in there and they're not going to be... Can we, can, we, can we all agree that there's not a clear MVP, though? That's what I feel. Yeah. I feel there's not a clear one in the NFL right I, now at I, all. I had two other names here, and we can maybe throw out, just for the last 30 seconds, we'll throw out a few more names. I had, potentially, Le'Veon Bell, or, I know it's controversial, but Eric Berry. Ooh. Has anyone else I had it? Derek Carr. Derek Carr could be in there yet. Nick? I mean, I, I, I wondered about, um, I mean, Derek Carr's 
probably the best poss- other quarterback possibility, I'd say. Um, Eric Berry, I don't, I don't think he's been the most important defensive player for a team this year. He's close, he's a fantastic player, but uh, I'd probably put someone like Von Miller because he's a tone setter. But... But Eric Berry's winning games with points by himself. I mean, he's, he's just pick-sixing every week <laughs> to win the games. Right, we'll, we'll move on to the next topic. Are the Dallas Cowboys, I know they lost last night, but are they still the best team in football? Nick? Um, no. The Chiefs are the best team in football because they're the most balanced. Um, I'd say the Pats come in second with that as well. The thing is, I mean, all the, the Cowboys are obviously a pretty good team. We know this. You know, you have to be to get through that well. Um, but I just like the Chiefs more because I think they've got quality at every single position. And I think they're better coached as well. I mean, we, we rag on Andy Reid and, oh, he's spent six minutes to do a two-minute drill in the last with a minute to go or something in the playoffs. But he is a master at getting the scheme right, exactly game plan. I mean, he's, at, he's basically beaten um, the Raiders twice just with his mind, essentially. I like <laughs> Jedi. Uh, perfect. Um, well... I'm going to go with my original answer because you made a good point about the Chiefs. I had never thought about them. But I think um, Cowboys still the best team in the league to me. I think you got two losses against a team that's in your division. You play them the first week, and then you play them later in the season. They scheme for you. It's a division rivalry. A lot of things change, and it's different than a regular game. But I also feel that the Cowboys aren't done progressing. I think the Giants are playing it pretty much the best they can right now. I don't think they'll get much better. But I still feel like with Dak Prescott being a rookie, he's he's still learning things. That loss was just as good as a win for him because he's going to take a lot from that film going into the next three weeks and then into the playoffs. And that makes the Cowboys a dangerous team if that quarterback is more experienced. Yeah, I, I, I get all of your arguments. And, I mean, the argument could be made that I mean, this team is, what, they're fifth in points against, so the defense is okay, but then you can look at it saying, oh, actually, they're only, what, 23rd in sacks, 31st in interceptions, they're not playmate. there's no playmakers in that D that really stand out. But then, I mean, Morris Claiborne's been injured, and he's been their best corner this year. Uh, I think that the fact that the Cowboys, with this run game and O-line, managed to control the time of possession, which keeps their defense fresh, is something that maybe work, definitely works in their advantage. Uh, I just think that the O-line, the way the team's built with the run game, is just built to wear teams down and just sucker punch them in the fourth quarter. And when you've got teams bringing players down to the box to try and counter Ezekiel Elliott, and then you've got Dak Prescott play action to Witten, Williams, or Beasley, or Dez, I, I know it's not the... You can look at the roster and say it's not the most talented roster compared to someone like the Chiefs or maybe like a Raiders, but to me, I think you have to say that this team right now is the best team in football. And they're the team that if you're in the playoffs, you're on... I mean, unless you're the New York Giants, you're, they're the team that you want to avoid. <laughs> uh, has anyone got any counterpoints they want to make quickly in terms of this 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 area? Um, I think an, an interesting question is how how good are the Cowboys? Um, I don't this is all theoretical and stupid, but um, how good are the Cowboys with Alfred Morris and of Ezekiel Elliott? Say that that <clears throat> that I, I just wonder want a team that relies on the run game so much. Um, that's the most durable position. I know Zeke seems like a mutant who kind of doesn't get injured, but you know, if he does it, I think I think they're it, it... I think they're okay. But it'd be more like last year, Darren McFadden. You know, they'll still they'll still be the holes there. They'll still be the push up front. But I think 
with Zeke, it's just the fact that teams have to almost play safeties down in the box and it opens everything up in the play-action pass game. I think it leaves Bryant, Beasley and everyone one-on-one. I think it just the fact that Zeke is there, you know, it's the presence of him in the backfield forces teams to try and honour the run more than they may do otherwise. You know, perfect. Have you got anything else you want to chip in at all? I think if you, I think if you take Ezekiel Elliott out and put in Alfred Morris, you're going to get a, a less consistent run game. I mean, they're still going to get the push. The offensive line is they're beasts, but Alfred Morris isn't going to make the plays that Zeke was making, which is going to make it a little bit tougher for Dak. But like I said. Dak is gaining experience now, and I think he'll be able to thrive in that. I think that people underestimate how much he can do just because he doesn't have to. Yeah, okay. Well, I think we have come to a consensus there that me and Perfect still think the Cowboys are the best team in the league, (laughs) although Nick is going to go ahead and go for the Chiefs. Uh, So we'll move on to the... I should say. (laughs) We will move on to the next topic. Ben... You're fired. Right. Coaches most likely to get fired. I want each of you to chip in a name. We can keep going round and round, chip in a name, and if we agree or disagree, we'll say. So, Nick, you start us off. Rex Ryan, just in time for John. That was mine. That was mine as well. I'm going to go for Todd Bowles, the Jets. Perfect. Jeff Fisher. No, he just, signed, he just signed a two-year extension. I don't care. I do not <laughs> will, care that he, he will signed an extension. He needs to get fired. I think that they gave him a, an extension, and there's a buyout clause in there that if he don't win some damn games, that he's done at the end of the season. They need to get rid of him. Uh, okay. Nick, back <laughs> to you. Uh, well, Gus Bradley's sacking is a fate accomplished. Yeah, point, that's, so. I think we all had that. John Fox, Chicago Bears. I'm out of names. Yeah. Okay. That's Bradley with my for, last one. For me, I think, and I think for you guys have gone about it the same way. The coach coach firing is not about record, but progression or regression within regimes. That's why I think Chip Kelly and Hugh Jackson, despite being one in twenty five, we we haven't listed. And how about some surprise ones here? I've got. Um, you guys can chip it as all of yours. I've got Mike McCarthy, even though they're seven and six. Marvin Lewis, even though the Bengals are made the playoffs for God knows how many years in a row. And Mike McCoy of the Chargers. Has anyone got any other ones they want to throw any surprises they could see happening? I had two of those, I'd Marvin l- Lewis and Mike McCoy. So. I'd like to see uh, Marvin Lewis go. Marvin Lewis, right. We will move on. And now we will quickly go to the exclusive interview that the Inside Zone obtained with uh, legendary Jacksonville Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli, where he discusses who he believes is the best left tackle in football at the minute. Over to you, Tony. Well, you know, there's uh, quite a uh, quite a few good ones. You know, Tyron Smith from the, for the Dallas Cowboys is really a good young player. Joe yeah. Thomas uh, for the Cleveland Browns has been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, Jason Peters is an older guy. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, but has done an outstanding job and is a real physical presence. So uh, those are guys that are playing at a high level right now and uh, doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe Thomas, obviously Mr. Reliable, but a lot of people have knocks, knocks on him saying he's not as great in the run block as he, as he is in the pass game. Do you think that slightly puts Smith over Thomas, or how do you see it? Well, Tyron Smith is younger and more physical, and uh, he, he's a powerful guy. Uh, Joe Thomas is a technician, and 
and uh, just is so sound in everything he does, and and uh, you can see the veteran play that he brings and experience. So uh, there are different stages of their their career, but you know, talent wise and where he's at, uh, you know, Tyron Smith has so much uh, so much of a great career ahead of him, and uh, the ability really to excel. Thank you for that, Tony. I'm I'm going to agree with him there. I'm going to say that. Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys is the best left tackle in football. I'm going to have 60 seconds to defend this, and I'm going to just do it in 30 because it's just so obvious. He's a freak, absolute freak in the run game. I mean, he can either beat you up at the line of scrimmage, or he's athletic enough to pull, and he's faster than most D-linemen to get downfield and block in the second level. I mean, he's so sound in pass protection as well. I mean, just his technique, he's like, like Baselli said there, he's a technician. Well, he described Joe Thomas that, but I'm going to use it for Tyron Smith. His hips are just so fluid for someone his size. And I mean, he's got, he's got the footwork of a smaller player, like a smaller man of his size. I mean, he's, he's got such quick step in his hands, his long arms he gets on you. And once he gets his arms on you, there's, there's no escaping him. I think he's, he's the anchor of the best line in football. And for me, it has to be Tyron Smith. Perfect. Well, I'm not much on left tackles. Um, I went with Joe Thomas just because of the consistency he's doing down there in Cleveland. Despite the fact that the team hasn't been successful, he's destroying getting up there in age. And he just he's like a fine line. He's getting better with age. He's still that's about all I got. I don't watch a lot of offensive linemen, but he's one of the few that I do enjoy watching. Uh, Nick, have you got anyone else? Yeah, I, mean, I, well, I think overall those two are probably the best two left tackles in football, but I think the best this season has probably been Trent Williams at Washington. I um, can see that, yeah. Let, let's ignore the fact that he's done a four-game um, ban because NFL's drugs policy is weird and confusing and no one really knows what the hell's going on there. Um, he's a fantastic run blocker. I mean, like I said, so Rob Kelly's a find. Is Rob Kelly a find, or is it just the fact he's got Trent Williams to open holes for him? Um, I mean, he was Rob. That's interesting. Rob Kelly was terrible at Tulane. Um, he's a fantastic pass blocker as well. I think he's allowed something like um, ten pressures um, in 358 pass blocking snaps. That's insane. I mean, that, that's no wonder Kirk Cousins is sort of having having nearly a career year if he's sort of being that unpressured and being allowed to. God, yes. I think, yeah, Trent Williams, you put him in that yeah, similar, yeah. similar category. I think you put him in a similar category to Tyron Smith because of their, you know, their younger guys, more athletic, so they're more likely to... Whereas Joe Thomas, I mean, he's an older guy, he's just a bit, he is just so sound. I mean, he's, one of the, he's been one of the few bright spots in a very, 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 very dark franchise the last few years. So, guys, that was all the topics for this week. So now let's look ahead. Right, so... Lock of the week for the for the week fifteen. You cannot choose the team facing the Browns. That was the thing I sent out. <laughs> Perfect. What have you got for your lock of the week? Um, I've got Texans over the Jags because the Texans are undefeated in the AFC South. The Jags are in the AFC South. Therefore, the Texans will beat the Jags. Nick, have you got something with like a ten second little commentary? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit. Um, what, what do you want me to comment on that game? Hello? Hello, what are you going um, to You just pick a game, right? Yeah, lock Hello? of the week. Just choose the team that you think oh, is most sorry, likely no, to win. Sorry, I'm going completely nuts here. Um, right, let's start again. Yeah, I think um, 
something a little bit more challenging. Um, Baltimore um, to beat the Eagles. Ooh. I just, yeah, I, think, I mean, you know, just uh, make the locks a bit interesting. Um, I just think that they're turning it on when it's um, when it's needed, and I just, I just feel like the Eagles are kind of like weakening in the trenches, and that's mm. exactly where Baltimore's strength is. Uh, Packers to beat the Bears in Chicago. Green Bay's always firing all cylinders. The Bears are undermanned, and the Pack just blew out Seattle. Right. What is our favourite game for next week with a little one sentence? What are you looking forward to it? I'll go first. I'm slow looking forward to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Red Hot Bucks versus the Cowboys who are coming off a loss to the Giants. It's going to be just a just a game that's going to get lit up on offence, I think. What about you, Nick? What are you looking forward to this week? I am looking forward to Pittsburgh Steelers against Cincinnati Bengals oh. because the Bengals, as Mike Tanya had commented, the only thing they have to play for this season it's grudges. I like this is that. one big grudge. I like that. Perfect. I'm looking forward to the Titans versus Chiefs. Mostly because it helps like clear the picture for the AFC South division. If the Titans pull off the upset, then when the Texans and the Titans play the next week, they're basically playing for the division title. If the Titans lose, then the Texans have one game lead on them going into that matchup. Is no one looking forward to the Saturday night game? Bryce Petty versus Matt Moore, the Dolphins versus the Jets. No one looking forward to that game? No. They're playing Saturdays this week. It is the big primetime game. We've got Bryce Petty versus Matt Moore. Yeah, I think, I think I'll wash my hair that day. <laughs> right, that has been episode six, potentially. We do believe it's episode six. But episode one on iTunes of the Inside Zone podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, go follow us on at the Inside Zone UK and please be sure to tweet at, at us your MVP suggestions if you disagree with anything we said on the show or even if you agree with anything so we can talk about it for next time and maybe send us some topics you want to hear next Thanks time Thanks for on the listening. Show. We'll be, be sure to check out Monday. the website at www.theinsidezone.com we'll Till next time. Uh, from me, Nick and Perfect, thank you for listening and till next time, goodbye.